0: Log Talk Radio. Hey everybody, it's your girl Side Brown and welcome to the Side Brown Morning Show. Thank you so much for listening. Today's show is sponsored by and powered by the National Council of Women of America, where we work very closely. The National Council of Women of America supports this show. We have an amazing cross-team, full disclosure. I am the president of the National Council of Women of America. And, you know, every day we try to bring, when we're producing the show, content and topics and interesting people and authors To really excel, help us excel in all areas of our lives, to provide for you strength for each sunrise, and just to make our days a little bit better, right? That's what we've been doing since June of 2008. I can't believe it. I was just talking to my publisher, and she said, Sai, you know, you have to celebrate, get ready to celebrate 10 years next year. And I just can't believe I've been doing this for 10 years. So that's amazing, and there's a whole lot of really fun stuff coming down um, the Pike for 2018. So yes, we will be celebrating 10 years. But I just have to get into today's guest. We have a wonderful, wonderful show. We are talking Alzheimer's with author Marsha Cole-Trice. And this is a very, very important show. You know, I have shared about my mom, about my grandmother, and just the story of how, you know, our whole life cycle, just dealing with the life cycle from birth to transitioning into the next dimension. And so this is a very natural part of it. And I, I do believe we pride ourselves in just bringing you the latest information and developments, and really stories that hit home. So, Miss Marsha, are you there? Can you hear me? I'm here, and yes, I can hear you. Thank you so much for joining the Side Brown Morning Show today. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join us. And talk about this really, really important topic. And thank you for having me. Absolutely, I remember we met at your book signing. It's right. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit behind the scenes T. We met at your book signing. But you know, I, first of all, tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then I want to get right into why you wrote the book. So you, you can go first. Okay, my name is Marcia Trice. As you know, um, I'm retired. I worked in the school system as an administrative. I worked in actual school here in Jersey City, and I retired after 40 years. So that's yeah. impressive. That's very impressive <laughs> to work anywhere for 40 years. I know because when I started, I thought it was like a job. No, <laughs> you know, like I'm not gonna <laughs> be here long. <laughs> Little did you know. Yes, for 40 years. Well, it, we should be so lucky if we can even stay at a job for four years now. Uh, needless to say, 40 years. So what a blessing that is. <laughs> it was. It was a blessing. So you know, I, first of all, many of my listeners are authors. So before we get into the book part of the book. I want to get into what made you even decide to write the book, and then we'll get into the details that are are in the book. What made you even decide that this topic is so important that you want to write a book? Well, actually, I was really writing in my journal. So I was having problems with dealing with the Alzheimer's with my mom. So I Mm -hmm. was documenting um, what was going on with us. So, um, and for the family to understand what was going on. So then I decided, I said, well, let me just make a, write a book. And actually the book was supposed to be basically for family and close friends. Mhm. But then as I got more into writing about it, then I thought, no, I need to have this published and put it out there see where it goes. Did you feel that the topic was important enough that other people outside of your family would even want to discuss it or get information about it? Yes, I, I definitely thought it was important enough because there was a lot of things that you know you hear about other people having it, but you don't realize it can touch you. So what do you mean by it can touch you? You personally? Yeah, touch you. Yeah, you, um, anyone. Like, this mm-hmm. disease is is so rampant. When I was coming up, it was, um, I don't know if it was Alzheimer's, but when people forgot and they always called it old timers. Mm hmm. Old timers. I'm disease. so glad that you clarified that because it is not old timers disease. I hate that. Right. It right. drives me crazy. So, <laughs> this is, you know. But for it to touch, for, if it touches my family and then it touches somebody else's family and somebody else's family, then maybe we can all realize that we're not in it alone, that the struggles and the struggles that I've gone through and struggles that other people have gone through. And unless you hear about it or read about it or know someone, you don't really know the struggles. Um, that you go into. And it doesn't have to even be Alzheimer's. It could be um something else. It could be another disease or something else that you have to struggle with, that you have to take care of a parent. Um so yeah, I think it is it's really important and important for people to um read things. I mean I don't want to I don't want to um you your <laughs> book you wrote, um he, um, happiness, happiness, and heels? Heels. Uh-huh. happiness and heals. Uh huh. Happiness and Heal Okay. So when you had a part in there that I had to think about, I really had to think Uh-oh. about when you Tell asked, me. <laughs> when you asked the question, um, what? Who are you? Right. Not not who or, or what. The, the main question was um, my family. Like, I think it was like, what did my family? Why did my family even need me? Mhm. And. I had to really think about that. Wow. Like, what is what is the purpose for you, for your family? And you're just thinking, you know, you, you're just going about your business, you're doing what you have to do, and I'm never really knowing other than, you know, paying bills and, mm-hmm. and, and doing stuff. So doing things that you normally do for your family, and you don't know what, you don't really, I don't know. <laughs> and I still haven't mm-hmm. answered that question. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this: How exactly did Alzheimer's touch your family? I think you know we're a few minutes into the interview, and I don't want to miss an important piece. How did it touch you and your family? Through my mom. Mm. Can my you mom, talk about it? Talk yeah. about that. Okay, so my mother was the last would be the last person that we would thought that would have this disease, but when she would. And little things, when you think when you think back, little things that happened, little things that she did. Um, when you think about it, then you say, "Oh wow, you know, that's when it started." Because she would call sometimes and ask, "What t- what's today?" Mm-hmm. Or "What time is it?" And I was like, "Mama, you have a clock right there." Or "Who's give me so and so's telephone number?" Or "My sister's phone number." So just little things that would crop up that Mm -hmm. we just took it as, oh, she's just being forgetful today or, Mm -hmm. you know, so those are the things that um, we really have to pay attention to. Even though when we we ourselves, like when we go into the room and get something and we walk in there and we're like, oh, boy, what did I come in here for? Those Mm -hmm. things we all laugh about because we just think that it's just something you know, you got a lot of stuff on your mind, or you're getting older, or whatever. But we don't really think about that. So now, I think about that, right? So when it touched my mom, it was like, oh no. You know, even when we took her to the doctor and she was diagnosed, even she said, "I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't. I don't want this. I don't want this disease." But well. Can you do this? you know what it you know what that 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 resonates with me and my family because when my grandmother's hearing started going she would she would constantly repeat what or or later on we would say something like I told you I you know say we come back from the grocery store and we would have asked her earlier, and she'd just say, "Never mind." And so when we would come in the house from the grocery store, she'd say, oh, if I had known you were going to the grocery store, I would have had you pick me up something. And we would tell her, well, we told you we were going. Or there would be instances where we would walk into the kitchen, because you know, every grandmama has that TV in the kitchen in the corner, and the, the TV would be so loud. As soon as we walked into the kitchen, my grandma, the TV is so loud. But it was these, there were these incremental changes that was so subtle that now once we realized her hearing was failing, it all made sense. Is that how you felt? Yes. Yeah. We found hmm. out because actually her girlfriend is the one who really told me to take her to the doctor because they mm-hmm. had gone to the mall and mommy got lost from her. Oh, wow. And when she called me, to let me know what had, what had happened, she said because her sister had Alzheimer's and she had taken care of her sister, so mm-hmm. she knew the signs. And wow. she told me, she said, "You know, I need you to take your mom to the doctor. I really believe your mom has Alzheimer's." But when wow. mommy, when they got together, mommy told her she was looking for her. Oh, okay. She got lost. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, and right. I right, right. got lost that she was, you know, walking around looking for her. But, um, mm. so that was, you know, when, when that was one of the things that just little things, little, little things. And it's scary. Mm. It's, it was so, so scary is because, because now what, you know, right. now, what are we going to do? What's going to happen now? So when, Your when she was, once di- she was diagnosed, what did you do? Well, um, they put her on medicine Mm -hmm. and for a while she was, you know, she was pretty much okay. She was forgetful, but she could still do for herself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she could, she could do things for herself. Um, it was mostly the forgetful, forgetful stages. And then, you know, then she kind of deteriorated and deteriorated. And then when she, um, then she stayed she stayed with me. Um, for a while she was able to stay in her own home. But then she couldn't, so I brought her home with me and she stayed mm-hmm. with me. And um then she had a stroke on top of that. Oh wow. Okay. So once she had a stroke then I couldn't um I couldn't handle her. So then I had to put her in a nursing home. How did you okay so how did you come to that decision that we have to put her in a nursing home because that's a very 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 difficult decision for a family to make did you make it by yourself did you like talk to me about that process that that process was so horrible that was such a horrible time because when she was first diagnosed my family said put her in a home right away mm-hmm and I said no, cause she's not there where she needs to go in home. Well, I can't mm-hmm. take care of her. I can't do it. I can't do it. So nobody could do it. So then I had to do it. Right. So um, and to the, the put her in the home, I didn't at first. We all went looking together, mm-hmm. but then they kind of went on the wayside. So then when I went after she had the stroke, I am made up in my mind that. Uh, i couldn 't do it so i didn't i didn't ask anybody mhm i didn't go to the family after that i just um me and my niece actually she took me around and um, we went to different places and there was this place that 's a place called Mom they advertise it on t v yes i 've seen that I have seen that yes, and I called them and I worked with them, and they sent me to different places to look at and but it's it's a very very it's horrible in the way because you feel like your mom took care of you mhm all this time and and um now i can't take care of her well if i can say this you know i i went through that issue on two sides with my grandmother and then with my husband's mother and I remember with my husband and now, it got really dicey with us because that's not even my mom. That's I'm the in-law. Right. But I remember when she first fell ill, the first thing out of my mouth was put her in a nursing home, and his siblings had a fit. And I looked at all of them and said, who here is a registered nurse? And they looked at me like I had three heads. And I said, that is outside of the capacity that I'm able to serve. And it sounded so harsh and so brutal, and I was able to say it freely because it was not my mom. And, you know, everybody who listens to the show knows I've been with my husband almost 30 years, so I felt I could say this. But the reality was none of us had the capacity to properly care for her because there is more than just administering meds and things like that. Right. And I agree with you. There was some guilt, particularly with my grandmother. You know, she fell, and I said the same thing to our family at that time. I'm not a registered nurse. And I can, the best I can do is love on her and give her medicines and sit with her and have lunch. But she needs more than that. Right. And so I've had to have those two separate conversations under two different dynamics and everybody has that same initial, particularly if you're black. Black people don't do that. White people you don't like. Do, or, exactly. Black people don't. You walk into black people's house, they got a hospital bed in the middle of the living room. Yeah. But I also said, you, to your point, and this is what prompted that, yes, our parents raised us. But we are in such a different time. I, I remember growing up, there was always somebody home in the neighborhood. Somebody's grandmother, somebody's mother, somebody's auntie. The average home now, everybody leaves at 6, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, and the house is empty, and then everybody comes home. You know, and of course I'm generalizing here. No, really but, yeah, but, but that's, that's true. That's true. I remember, and I'm not even that old, I used to come home from school for lunch. I remember coming home from school for lunch. This is so. so when I so, thought it so, was school the kids came home for lunch this is my point exactly so when you put things into a communal perspective a societal perspective 20 30 years ago it would be unheard of but right. the way we are right now what really other options do we have because we don't because you're and you're right because all we can do is minister um medicine we we can't um like when even just when she had the stroke, like moving her and mm-hmm. trying to you know, and then trying to get her to be still when she thinks mm-hmm. she can move and she can't move mm-hmm. and stuff. So then yes, it was it was it was hard and then I had stairs. So now getting back and forth up and down stairs and it was just it was it was too much too much and not enough help. And that's the thing, too. And this is what I said to my my husband. I said, you know, everybody's saying that now. But we don't know how long this situation is going to last. Because in three months, four months, five months, everything is going to be still good. But if you're talking three years, four years, five years, is that zeal still going to be there? It takes a toll caring for an ailing parent or family member. And, you, you know, I... Just as a sidebar, I was interviewed for, I think it was Essence Magazine some years ago, on this very subject. Like, what do we do, particularly now as there's this Generation X that I'm in, that a lot of people are in, that we're still dealing possibly with children at home and caring for aging and ailing family members, and the guilt and the pressure that we place on ourselves because of our cultural um, – because of that – Social pressure, that cultural pressure, that we just don't do that. How were you able to overcome those feelings? Because I had no choice. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's trial by fire. <laughs> I had at that point, I had I had no choice. I had right. I, I couldn't do it by myself, and so I really had no choice. And I had to um, I had to put it on, but other part, then after she was in the home, then everybody kind of stepped up to go visit and see her and make sure, you know, Mm -hmm. she was okay, and so we had a, you know, we all go and visit her and um, be with her up until until she passed, so Mm -hmm. she had her good days and bad days, Amen. and she knew, you know, she knew that we loved her, you know we knew she loved us. So when you, you pour, like you said, you you know, you you love on them and you pour out as much mm-hmm. love and you make sure that they're all right and they're okay. And I had no complaints with the home that she was in. I had no, no complaints um, with them. So now that she's in the home, you know, what did you, you know, when it came to writing the book, what was your experience? Did it pull out these deep emotions? Did it make you feel, did it it pull, like, how did it make you feel as you were writing? And then when the book was actually finished. Okay. So when I was, when I started, she was home. So, um, it was okay. It was due out every day. And I took Mm -hmm. a lot of pictures of her and stuff. And we, she loved to dance. So, um, uh, I still always felt like I wasn't doing enough. Mm-hmm. So it's like no matter what I did, it just felt like I should be doing more, but I didn't know what the more was. Mm. Um, she just always looked so lonely and sad most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so with her being lonely and sad, I was lonely and sad, and, and writing um The writing of it came. um, Sometimes it was real hard to write Mm -hmm. because now it's real. uh, It's it's sad things that's going in, and I'm telling about her life Mm -hmm. um, as I saw it. And so um, that was hard, and that was hard too because now I'm revealing things about her that people don't know. Mm -hmm. Because at once she was one person. at a younger time in her life, and then she was mm-hmm. a changed person and older part of her life. Mm-hmm. So now people who didn't know her back when are now getting a glimpse into the person that she was and really seeing how, what an extraordinary person that she was. Mm-hmm. So, So now that the book is out, what do you want people to take away? I want people to just kind of understand that um, whatever it is that you're going through, mm-hmm. whatever it is that, um, because I had to pull on my face a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, and whomever you serve, you know, um, whatever higher power, because there's a the higher power. No, mm-hmm. so, and I believe in a higher power. I believe is a God I don't know what somebody else might believe
1: But whatever mm-hmm. your
0: belief system is Whatever it is that gets you through mm-hmm. um, To call on that to, mm-hmm. to to call on those Those systems Those things that help you Through each day um, Prayer was good for me Like I'm a prayer So I mm-hmm. I'll pray You know Sometimes I just help me, <laughs> like, stop, mm-hmm. help, I need help, you know, and don't be afraid to ask for help. And that's another really? thing sometimes, you know, I would take things on myself, and still still now I do things like that. I'll take things on myself, and I won't ask for help. Mm. And when you know that you need the help, but sometimes okay. you're afraid to ask for the help because you don't want to hear no. Well, plus people, you know, I know I was a young mom, and i never asked for help because i said i don't want anybody saying that oh Saida with these kids and she ain't had no business having these kids and so how foolish and crazy is that yes it's nuts nuts. but you know what i but that's what i did because i said ain't nobody gonna be able to tell me that i didn't do this for my kids that's crazy I know. Girl, I was a young mother in college with two little babies trying to graduate and get my degree. Of course I needed help. Yes. <laughs> but you don't, want to, you don't want to ask. Well, my right. reason for asking, too, is because I didn't want to no. know. Mm-hmm. If I asked you, if, I, if first place, I don't ask. Mm-hmm. So if I ask, I need it. Right. But then I'm scared to ask because you may say no.
1: Wow! And if you
0: say no, then you're gonna hurt my feelings. Wow! And I don't want my feelings to be hurt, so I just do. I just wow. do what I do. Well, I hope I, I, I hope people who are listening ask for help. Don't listen to our crazy selves. Make <laughs> sure you make sure you ask for help. What's the final thought that you would like to leave with our guests while they, uh, you know, as they listen to your story and listen about your book and things? Um, I guess what we've just been saying about the help
1: Because, mm-hmm. you
0: know, we all have our good days and bad days And, 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 mm-hmm. and we get getting scared um, And everybody gets scared But I just, like I said, I just believe in God And just know that Like there's, we're all a part of each other in some mm-hmm. way So we're all connected in some kind of way so and yes, please ask for help if you need help. Know that you're not alone in in any in anything that we do. We're really not alone. We feel alone, but um, we're really we're really not alone. Amen. Well, I will definitely uh, I, I definitely receive that, and I'm sure my listeners will too. Thank you so much for joining us today. The book, ladies and gentlemen, is Give Me My Flowers Now. Right. Okay, here we go. Um, and the author is Marsha colt and you can find more information on sidebrownmorningshow.com. And you can also go to the publisher, Simaj Publishing, Inc., a big special thank you to Ms. Lavon Featherstone who uh, coordinated and helped us get you on the show. So thank you very much. And to all my listeners, thank you for listening. We will have more. You can find more details, Alzheimer's support groups, as well as other issues and other um, information about this disease on cybrownmorningshow.com. And always remember, we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.